How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Club Footy Chat Podcast, episode two. And today we're going to be talking about different topics going from Spain firing their manager, uh, the United States, Canada, and Mexico winning a bid for the World Cup 2026. We're going to have, uh, after some growing potential, we're going to talk about Peru again at Farhan. And we'll be previewing Group D and Group E today. Joining me on the line, I have uh, Stephen Newcomb. What's up, dude? Yeah, what's going on, guys? And also Stefan Stengel. What's up, Stefan? What's up, guys? <laughs> What's up, bro? So everyone is not room. We don't live together anymore, but I mean we can too. Um, Continue. So tomorrow is tomorrow. The World Cup starts, or today. Oh my god! I'm so excited. I I know, right? Oh, I could I can already hear in your voice, Uh, Stefan. You've actually been to the World Cup. You went to uh, 2014, right? Yep, I was in Brazil for the World Cup. I saw two matches. What match did you see? I saw. Colombia versus Uruguay, where Hamas scored the, he tested the ball and then scored his first like goal, goal that made him like famous and the best uh-huh. match in the World Cup, and it, it was unbelievable. It, like the stadium went silent, no one knew who this kid was, and he scores two goals, kicks out Uruguay, who was a huge team in the 2010 World Cup, and yeah, that's where he became famous. And then he went to Real Madrid, and Bayern. All right. Thanks for the life bio, but um, that was, uh, <laughs> and how was what second game did you see there? What was the second match you saw? The second match I saw was Argentina versus Switzerland. That was probably oh, it was two game that, one Yeah, zero. that's the one where Di Maria scored it in. Uh, I think it was like one fifteen minute. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Shakiri had like a a free kick at the end, and he he fucked it up. The World, the World Cup 2014 was just so much fun. I cannot wait for 2018. Just thinking about like the memories of 2014, obviously it was fun because USA was in it, but I just hope it lives up to 2014. I'm excited. You know what's I'm crazy, so though? What's like, that? despite, like, because, of course, like, the World Cup comes with amazing soccer and just memories in general. It brings people together. But also mm-hmm. what's interesting is, like, the dilemma with, like, the whole song. Like, you know how every World Cup has, like, a song? Mm-hmm. The eating is dilemma. Like the, What's wrong with the songs we have this year like, so far? Do you think? Yeah, they don't. I don't think they've chosen an artist yet. I don't. Well, they, I don't there, know who's they, they already really do have uh, the color song by Jason Derulo, and I think there's one that came out with Nicky Jam and Will Smith, and I forgot the other one. The other artist, third artist. But they came out with World, World Cup playlists are always lit. Yeah. Yeah, but hopefully, like someone comes up with like. Like, a, a random artist comes up with a song like the 2010 where it was, like, waving flag. That would be dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the tournament starts tomorrow, and it will be very last minute someone came out with a song. But speaking of the last minute, Spain firing their manager um, the day before the tournament. Um, Craziness. So yeah, and it's unbelievable, especially, like, given the time and the circumstances. Does anybody – can you give me insight on why that was? I haven't even read that far story about the reasoning behind it yeah so some reason so i think um stefan help me pronounce the the manager the, Spain, the man, manager's name i kind of struggle with this i think it, i think you pronounce it julian lopatei but i'm not sure exactly exactly so, what but, he, said. so he, but he yeah yeah he was um he's so he was the official manager of the spain national team and he uh did like behind the back, jo- behind their back, joined did, did a deal to join Real Madrid after the World Cup. So after the World Cup, was gonna go and manage them, manage them after Zinedine Zan left him. Um, I think it was announced only like five minutes before the deal was done that uh, they re- Spain the national the national federation found out and they were they were angry. They just they were unhappy about the whole decision that even went there, and I think they decided to go and they replaced him. With the technical director, interesting. I don't. Is it because it's Real Madrid, or just because he's going to? You know, well, I after. definitely, you know, I've definitely read a lot of reports, and a lot of people have, uh, I've talked to. There have been reasons, maybe because like some sort of like integrity, like they they want to show their power, 
And also, it's also kind of a difficult time in Spain. Um, others, yeah, I, I, did it without like telling anyone, which is basically why they fired him. Yeah, and also because like I think there's a lot of uh, maybe concerns with like the Barcelona players and Real Madrid players picking. But then again, that's yeah. not even a very confirmed. But it also could be a reason they use. We really don't know. And so far, yeah, I mean, at this point, at this point, it's all speculation. I mean, you'll probably never get a full explanation of yeah. why it happened. Right, and it's very difficult even like for me to even say that or claim that. But mm-hmm. um. They'll have a hero, like, he's going to be taking ch- uh, charge. He actually pleaded. He, he's the one replacing him. He asked them, um, do not fire them. Do, don't fire him. Like, yeah. Um, and I think the players as well did, but it wasn't enough. I mean, he's, yeah, he's on his way. It, it, it's a crazy decision. I mean, the, the day before the World Cup, thank, I mean, for to console the Spain Spanish fans, you have an incredible team. So, uh, I mean, firing a manager is a big deal, but... That, that roster from top to bottom is filled with talent. And it doesn't help that, well, they they are one of the first games of the tournament. So the first game is, I believe, this Saturday against Portugal. Yeah. So it'll be really tough. So we'll have to see how they play. Some teams have bounced back pretty well, and some teams have not. So it'll be um, it'll, it'll, it'll be an interesting, interesting game to watch. It's, it's a lot of more added interest to it. Yeah, I think, I mean, it would be interesting. I doubt that the new manager would change any uh, tactics that were in place for at least the first game. I mean, I, if he was inside the building for the preparation up to the first game, I don't see why he would change uh, anything that they had been working on previously. So right. Is maybe there, there won't be that much of a, uh, a change. Right, exactly. And again, like you said, kind of like, it is hard, it is hard to speculate, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, something we've all been waiting for for a while, just as well, has been 2026 and the United States, Mexico, and Canada, the joint bid, beat Morocco. Finally. Uh, we're, yeah, football's coming home, baby. And the final's going to be yeah. good old New Jersey, North Jersey, right outside. Met life. Met life. Are you, oh, how excited or happy were, were you guys when you guys heard it? So news? excited. Incredibly excited. Eight years. I think it was about so. time. The U.S. has, like, infrastructure for it and i feel like it's been going to countries that not necessarily have it and cause a lot of problems at least i know in brazil it was like a huge huge yeah. problem the world cup like their country wasn't in the right mindset to uh yeah to host the world cup yeah some issues with that is that like at least here in the u.s like the, we um so like we Men Life is probably a big venue for concerts for football. Mm-hmm. Te- two football teams play there, <laughs> and yeah. like, it's always going to be used. It's always going to be um, fun and so on. But um, in Brazil or in South Africa, sometimes the issue was that like not enough teams uh, would play there, or they like, wouldn't be used. Stadiums, I would yeah. say. In Beijing, had the same issue for a while. Where that was actually it was actually turned into like an indoor the bird's nest in two thousand eight. Like it was actually turned half of it was turned into an indoor water park temporarily. So sometimes, yeah. Um, I think when it comes to infrastructure, like I think the U.S. does stand out amongst most other nations, where like we don't have that problem as much uh, compared to maybe the stuff such as what Brazil had. And now the World yeah. Cup's going to be um, actually extended to I think forty-eight teams. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, it's going to expand. So what better what better host uh, countries do in Mexico, the United States, and Canada? Yeah, I mean, I think I think as as a United States fan, strictly from a soccer soccer perspective, I'm just excited that we'll get at least one Christian Pulisic World Cup. <laughs> There's no guarantee <laughs> like, that we'll be in 2022, you know. So um, it's going to be fun that they'll automatically qualify. Does that mean that uh, Mexico, Canada, and the U.S. all qualify? Yeah, that so all, all three of the nations will be automatically bidded. How exactly, like, we see them? So, for example... Which country will get Group A? Which country will get the last group? Yeah, that will be probably decided later, or they probably kind of already know how they did it, how they're gonna do it. But I feel like it, it'll it'll also like um, brings like I mean soccer soccer has become a lot more popular in the U.S., but I think yeah. it'll it'll make it even more popular. It'll cause a lot of kids to like want want to play. You know, it'll also be interesting to see like. American celebrities like go to these matches. Yeah, you know, for sure, it's gonna be a huge, huge deal breaker. So, it definitely will be an, um, a great, um, a big event. It's an, it's an, it's gonna be in a lot of like very, 
popular cities. So just kind of looking at this list. So all we have the same, the, the U.S. cities. So Atlanta, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Dallas, Denver, Houston, Kansas City, L.A., Miami, Nashville, New York, New Jersey, they said, Orlando, Philly, Let's go, birds. San Francisco. It's really, it's Seattle, really densely populated on the East Coast. In the, yeah, it, I was very surprised because, you know, it's crazy. Whenever the soccer teams from, like, Barcelona, Manny, under Real Madrid, whenever they come here, they always play on the West Coast, like, at UCLA yeah. training camp. Yeah. And for obvious good reasons because they have all this stuff. But, like, I, yeah. I'm surprised they uh, – I'm really – I'm kind of I'm, – actually, I'm, I'm happy that a lot of these games are going to be on, on the, the East Coast this time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I think I think if you look at it, I think, and then obviously I don't have any statistics to back this up, but I think a lot of soccer fans live on the East Coast. I think that's where soccer really is the most popular, um, as opposed to the, right. the West Coast. And so. Even like a lot of the national team players, like uh, Tim Howard, um, Michael Bradley, so on, they are all from New Jersey, Princeton boys. Like, yeah, it, mm-hmm. they're from. Uh, I think a lot of, it. but then again, you can't deny that there are like it's the, the big culture over there in California. Oh yeah, for sure, well. for sure. Um, kind of one last one last thing to talk about this is that uh, travel between the U.S. Do you guys mm-hmm. think that like maybe this maybe kind of it might get too expensive for some fans to go from from Baltimore all the way to San Francisco, from Philly to Dallas, Denver to like D.C. What are your yeah? I mean, about I, I think I think that uh, expenses. I don't think that's the number one concern that. Uh, I mean, and we can never predict predict the global climate uh, in 2026 for the global relations. But I think the bigger concern for uh, like a, Americans is going to be national security and letting tons of people was, from a lot of I was, different I was countries thinking the same thing. Yeah, coming to the country. Gonna be... It's going to be 48 yeah. teams this time. So, um, and then 45, not including the U.S., Canada, and uh, yeah, Mexico. So. Well then, well, then it'll be among all three nations. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of teams, a lot of fans are going to be coming. And yeah, it's going to be, like, of a magnitude that's not normal, that, that no country has, no host countries have experienced before. You know what I mean? Cause, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, yeah, I mean, the, the, the amount of people that are one, I mean, it's going to be a, a record-breaking amount of people. I mean, MetLife Stadium, I think the capacity is 80,000. 80, to 70,000, somewhere in that range. Really? So just the final alone, I mean, that's a ton of people. And the U.S. has gigantic stadiums, so the volume of people that are going to be coming into the U.S., paired with the fact that uh, our political climate, without getting too political, uh, just how national security uh, looks right now. And like I said, we can't predict what it looks like in 2026, but I think that'll be the bigger concern. Big news, big news. But, yeah, I guess we're all excited. Um, it's gonna of be a shame, shame. We're gonna not. We're not gonna see them play this tournament. This um, this coming year. But hey, you know what? Twenty twenty three isn't too far away. Uh, no, it's so not. Qatar is really growing hot. But um, a team that hasn't been to the World Cup for a while, Peru. Um, Safan. So we had uh, thirty six years. We <laughs> thirty. We assigned Farhan to be covering group. Uh, to be covering Group C. Group and B. and uh, for sadly, for, he did for Peru, talk. yeah. Didn't even know that Paulo Guerrero was actually uh, allowed to play. He was cleared not to play. So we apologize to you, all the Peru fans, for uh, messing up there. But that's why we want invited you back to invite you to uh, kind of help uh, <laughs> clear all that mayhem. So, so basically, like the the whole dilemma with Paulo is he um, he had a like a, a, a coca tea in Peru at a, a Swiss hotel and. Basically, he somehow got it in his system. There's a lot. There's a lot of different like stories of how it happened, but point being is that they found a bit of like cocaine in his system, and they ruled him out of the World Cup. But he like pleaded to the judge, and then finally the the federal the Swiss federal judge like cleared him to play for the World Cup, and he already played in a in a friendly against Saudi Arabia. And his first game back, he scored two goals. So. I think it's it's a huge deal breaker for Peru because not only is he like an amazing player, but he's their captain, and hopefully it'll cause Peru to be like the the Costa Rica of the last World Cup. Right. You know. Like yeah, that's the, that's the, 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 the World Cup. Yeah. The uh, I I had 
Costa Rica in, in my group preview for Group B, and it was interesting. Uh, you know, Peru, there's a lot of people who are excited about Peru, and the, one, the thing that got me excited about Peru, I don't know if you've seen the viral clip of, on Twitter of their, their build-up play, uh, the, the one goal that they scored in the lead-up to the World Cup. I don't know if you saw that, but it was incredible. So a lot of people are excited about Peru. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be a very, like, surprising team, I think, solely of, because of the fact that no one knows, like, Peruvian soccer, mm-hmm. especially because they haven't been to the World Cup, and that's, like, the, the biggest, like, you know, biggest biggest match, like, ever for soccer. But um, it, it's cool because Peru's soccer has finally, like, become more, like, I, I think I would say disciplined in the past. I think the reason why they haven't been able to make it to the World Cup it's not only is South America one of the I think one of the hardest next to Europe European teams to like classify with because right. you have like amazing teams to like you to, basically like, have like thirteen against. teams in, in but, South um, America to qualify yeah, out of. It's very competitive, but like Peru's like finally become a lot more like disciplined and like the the players you used to party all the time and like not really care, but like now they're actually like caring and. The, the, in Peru, it's wild. Like people take like w- like off of work. It's like holidays when Peru wins. And now that they're going to be in the World Cup, it's gonna it's it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm so excited because I think that they they can make it. I'd like to second place in their group. But if if they go through, it'll be hard because I think they would have to play Argentina, who would probably get first in their group. Right, right. So that that, so was, that that's gonna be tough. That was but one thing you really. never know. Where we kind of were, uh, oh sorry, <laughs> where we were kind of no, confused. Continue. We're like, um, so in a group, we kind of made our predictions. We said like maybe France would top the group, and then second, uh, we we all agreed Australia would probably come out last, and then second and third was kind of difficult to assume because Peru, or it could be either Peru or Denmark because Denmark is a really strong team, but Peru yeah, like yeah. strong roster. Yeah, but Peru, and again, like, it's the same thing like I said, kind of like could, we don't really know. And then we goes to being a lot of surprise. And I think a that's, lot of people have learned their stuff. I feel like Peru doesn't stuff. have anything to like, lose in, in a sense because like one of their biggest goals was to make it to the World Cup, you know? So I think it's like one of those things where. It's like I mean, an Iceland story or like Costa Rica. have fun while doing it. And I feel like that's, that's, when, that's when you win, you know, when you have fun, when you enjoy it. Denmark didn't need to go to didn't need to go to uh, playoffs to make it out, uh, <laughs> but um, Peru and Peru Peru actually just qualified without going through any sort of. It did also go to uh, playoffs as well, but uh-huh. yeah, should be really exciting. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, after the break, we're gonna have previews of Group D, Group uh, and Group E, and uh, Group E as well. All right, so we'll be right back. Welcome back, guys, and we're back. Um, st- still don't have to go, but I do have Steven with me. Um, so we're going to be talking about Group D and Group E. Uh, Group D has Argentina, Iceland, Croatia, and Nigeria. So it is an interesting group. Um, Argentina seems to be a clear favorite, but we do have three other dark horses. Um, S- Steven, you've seen dark horses in the past with, like, Iceland, Costa Rica, uh, in the year 2016, and... And in 2014, the World Cup. Uh, how, what do you feel about this group so far? Just kind of looking at it from far. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, obviously, like you said, uh, Argentina's the, the favorites. I like the Croatian team. The Croatian team has an awesome roster. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, talent up and down the uh, the entire 
entire team, and you have standout players, obviously like Luka Modric, Ivan Rakitic, Mandzukic, uh, Perisic. So I don't, I don't know. I think they're too good to be labeled a dark horse. I wouldn't say they're a dark horse. I think they're my one of the strong my teams. second. You yeah, have... I think they're one of the str- stronger second place teams in in the World Cup. I mean, that's that's a good roster when you look at it. But I also like the Nigerian team. Um, just in general, I love African teams. I think they're. I love the way they play. I love the players they play with. So I don't think you can ever write those those guys off. And then obviously everybody loves uh, Iceland. And, you know, see what they can do. But to me, those they're they're set to finish uh, at the you... bottom of that. Do you think they're actually able to kind of challenge Messi um, in Argentina? <laughs> uh, Argentina, Messi in Argentina. Sorry, I didn't mean to say it like that, but I guess. <laughs> but how do you yeah, feel I about mean, that? I think, I well, I love my my favorite player in the world is Messi. So uh, I would love to see him win a World Cup. I think the problem with the Argentina squad is. Um, I don't know. When you look at a when you look at a team like when you look at a team like France or even a team like Brazil, I think I think those teams play more together as a team. And when you watch Argentina play, it's a bunch of big names. Obviously, Aguero, Messi, uh, Otamendi, Di Maria, these huge you know world class yeah. players. But it feels like a, it doesn't feel like a cohesive unit when they play. And that's not to say that they they can't come together and won a World Cup because they almost did it four years ago. But um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see them. What do you think it's about? I mean, I feel like I do agree to a certain extent where it's like it does feel like just a a collection. uh, Because I didn't love like the best players players like Messi, Diabala, Mascarano, Mm -hmm. Rojo, etc. But you just said it there. They've reached these finals. Like they've been to the CONCACAF. I mean, they've been to the... The South America, they've been to the finals twice in a row, lost to Chile, lost to Germany. Um, so, like, yeah, it, it, it does get concerning some was the way they do play and how reliant they are on Messi. But at the same time, they're still making it to the final, though, to these finals. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're incredible. I mean, look, the thing about, um, the thing about Argentina is just, I, just they can get by any given game just off the pure skill of a lot of their players. I mean, you don't need to be a cohesive team when you have uh, Messi and Nibala and Di Maria and those types of players in your starting 11 and even coming off, off of your bench. So they can get by any given match just off of one Messi play, two Messi plays, or an incredible run or something like that. So obviously, uh, they're not my favorites to win the World Cup. Um, my favorite is a team that we're going to talk about here in uh, in the next couple of minutes. But you know, I I definitely have them progressing to to the quarterfinals or semifinals. I just as much as it as it sucks to say, I don't think Messi's going to end up winning one. Definitely, I definitely do agree with you. Where um, um, about Argentina, where it's like I. I really would want to see Messi win it, and I feel like a lot, of people, a lot of neutrals in general would love to see him go. One team that's going to be in their way in their group is Nigeria. Interesting fact about Nigeria: of the last five World Cups, they've met four times. For some reason, it seems like these teams always seem, always seem to be in the same group. They're in a group this year, yeah. uh, 2014, 2010, and I think it was either 2002, 2002, 2006. They already met each other, so. They do have rivals. They actually did play a friendly, and Nigeria did beat them 4-2. Um, How recent was that? Yeah, October. Oh, wow. That's so. interesting. You know, look, I mean, like I said, I love the way African teams play in general. I mean, the, the roster for Nigeria is impressive as well. I mean, as a City fan, um, oh, okay. seeing oh, Kleji okay. and Nacho, it's going to be fun to watch him on the world stage. But even players like Victor Moses and uh, the former Chelsea man, Jalo with Michael, uh, Alex DeWobi. I mean, these guys are good, and um, they've got. I I do think I think they'll come in third, but I don't I don't think they're a pushover at all. They definitely have a, a um, significant younger team compared to uh, to teams in the past. Yeah, they do. So, um, 
like even John Obi Mikel is still, I believe, correct me wrong, I think still under thirty. So it still is a fairly um, young team, and it seems that is much more cohesive and works together. Um, so let's do our predictions real quick. So of Group D, who do we think is going to come first, second, third, and fourth? Go yeah, ahead. so I think I think Argentina's going to going to uh, top the group. I think Croatia comes in second. I think Nigeria comes in third. Maybe even on goal difference or something as close as that. But I think Croatia will edge it, and then Iceland in the in the bottom spot. Okay. How about you? Me, kind of same thing. I do think Argentina's going to make it. I think for second, it's going to be close between Croatia and Nigeria. Croatia definitely could edge it out. Mandzukic, um, Dejan Lovren, Modric, Kovacic too. Like, uh, those big names. Iceland, you know, I've, I I feel like it would be interesting to kind of see the small nation just kind of go and challenge. I would love to see them go through. I mean, I don't want anybody to get that messed up. It would be incredible to see them go through. It's just they're in this. This is a tough group, man. Yeah, I think this is definitely one of the... You could definitely call this one of the group of deaths, but... Um, yeah. I think Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and South Korea would make a claim for that as well. But I would definitely go Iceland yeah. definitely at B fourth. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's what we feel. It's gonna be definitely a great group to watch, and I'm really looking forward to the games to go for that. But yeah. another group that you feel passionate about is Group E: Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, oh, Serbia. This is my group. Tell me, all right, take it away. What do you t- take it away? All right, so this group is. Extremely exciting. Everybody understands the heartbreak that Brazil suffered at twenty in the twenty fourteen World Cup. Uh, first, I just have a question for for you. How? What was your reaction while watching the Brazil Germany game last year? Um, seven one. It was it was unbelievable to be honest. I remember I was unbelievable. We were well, we were in Atlantic City and uh, we were just in the sports bar, just kind of watching the game, and I was rooting for Germany. Um, in the game and the rest, everyone else was for Brazil. Um, and it was just, at first, it was just kind of like, all right, 1-0, it's fine. 2 zero, it's like, this is kind of tough. 3 zero, it's like, this is ridiculous. I think what surprised me and took me away was, like, just how quickly those, those first, especially those first four or five goals came about mm-hmm. in the first half. And those, like, that 20-minute span was, just, was what just shocked me and surprised me. It was, um... Just something I've just never seen before. I've I've definitely seen like like my club team Man United when they were killed by Man City six uh, six one. Yeah, you like that, don't you? And um, when we uh, when we when we beat Arsenal eight two, but that felt it kind of I kind of was shocked and then kind of sad for them because I felt like like it was in their home nation, yeah. like they they didn't deserve this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I felt that I think the most uh, astonishing thing to me while watching it was just how. Uh, visibly shocked and humiliated the players on the field were. I mean, they were they were visibly upset and didn't understand what was happening. Um, but I think it was also a testament to just how strong that Germany squad was and how well put together. They just it kept was. going for it too, right? Like it was. They, it's yeah. not like they, it's not like they wanted. They wanted to keep going. It was the craziest part yeah, about I mean, it too. I think that's the German mentality, though, especially that like just the soccer team. I think they just. I don't. I mean. They're hard news. Keep going. They, I've said I've, between my circle of friends, we always say I mean they produce they they play soccer like they're machines and they they really do. So um, coming off of that, really excited about the the Brazil team this year. It has an awesome awesome uh, roster talent up front. I mean the top the top three. I mean there's four guys fighting for the top top three spots if they they play three up top. Roberto Firmino, Felipe Coutinho. Gabby Jesus and of course Neymar who just returned to action. If you ask me, I think uh, the top, the front three is going to be Jesus, Neymar, and uh, Coutinho, and probably Firmino coming off the bench. But uh, there's been reports coming out of Brazil that Firmino is pushing for one of those spots. I definitely could see Firmino playing up top in the four three three just because it's something similar to what he plays yeah. uh, for Liverpool. Coutinho, I definitely feel like he's more like in the midfielder role. Is what like I mean, me personally, I, that I definitely feel. Yeah, yeah. But if anything, I do think Willian has definitely got a shout out. Has definitely got a shout at challenging Firmino. Uh, I don't know if he's going to challenge Neymar, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I think Neymar's spot is cemented in the starting eleven. Yeah, he's definitely like undroppable. But Willian, I definitely could see him uh, kind of challenging. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and then. 
one of the more uh, surprising things about the Brazilian team is, you know, the thing that a lot of people say about Brazil, and when you, when you look at it, for a weakness within their team, a lot of people say it's their defense, uh, which I guess if you're going to look at the weakest part of their team, I would say it is their defense, but I wouldn't say it's a legitimate weakness. Uh, you know, and it's a qualifying group that allowed the conceded the, the least amount of goals, just 11 goals in qualifying. They have uh, players like Marcelo at the back, who, in my opinion, is the, the best left back in the world. Danny Alves, unfortunately, won't be able to play in the World Cup due to injury. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Brazil... Looks incredible. Um, Let me just read out to you, like the, this. Uh, you talk about the, their lineback, so their defensive line. So we have uh, Thiago Silva, Felipe Luis, Felipe Luis, Miranda. Um, left back, like you said, it was Marcelo, and you also do have Marquinhos in excess, and Dan, Danilo as well. So uh, they're definitely not short of players at all. And Ederson, the city, Man City goalkeeper. Yeah, I think he's he's definitely the number one. And watching him, being a Man City fan, watching him all season, every every game of the season, I mean, he's he is a a monster of a goalkeeper. He's incredible. Um, I don't think there's anybody, uh, bar maybe Manuel Neuer, who's better with the ball at their feet uh, than Pedersen is. So I mean, I mean, if you were to say that their defense was the weakest part, I would agree, but I would not label that as a legitimate weakness of the team. I think this is in my opinion, the strongest team in the World Cup. Um, and coming off the, the humiliating defeat in Brazil in 2014, I just think that adds a little bit more fire. So I'm extremely excited to see them play. Uh, also in Group B, we have Costa Rica. You know, Costa Rica had a great 2014 World Cup. I remember then they lost in penalties to the Netherlands. I remember watching that and how upsetting it was to see that happen. But they... Uh, fell as low as 25th in the FIFA rankings uh, in the lead-up to this World Cup. So, you know, not highly regarded in the national community. And it doesn't feature, uh, like, these names that you would see on Brazil, even Switzerland, who's in this group. Uh, probably the most popular player on the team is Taylor Navas, the goalkeeper for Real Madrid. So, right. and not, also- these, not these incredible players. Also, some stars they also did have was uh, Joel Campbell, formerly of, of Arsenal, yeah. and uh, Brian Ruiz. Of the one I remember him actually playing was when he used to be the star, starring uh, and scoring goals at Fulham uh, a few years back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember him, right? Yeah, exactly. It's kind of it's kind of crazy to see him where he is now. He's captaining. Is, I'm not sure. Is he captaining? Or he's like probably vice captain. I can probably see that. I think I think captain is Celso Borges, their uh, defensive midfielder. I think he's uh, vice captain, but. I think it's, you know, when we talk about the Argentina squad and, and them not being a cohesive unit but right. having all these huge names, it's the exact opposite of the Argentina squad. You know, a team that works together really well uh, with not a ton of star-studded players. Like you said, Brian Ruiz, uh, Caleb Navas between the posts, who's probably their, be- their best player. Um, so they're going to need big contributions from players such as Brian Ruiz and Celso Borges to propel the the Central American country to to a place where it's never been before. Uh, but it's a hard group. We're going to look at the next two teams. But are there any thoughts you have about Costa Rica? No, if anything, kind of excited from the 2014. Kinda, it's kind of crazy how they even went out, especially uh, I still remember that against the Netherlands. Louis Van Hall makes that. Uh, yeah. Louis Van Hall's red army makes that last minute uh, change to. Um, uh, to goalkeeper, and I feel like I think I'm psyched out some of the players. Um, but I honestly think that they have a chance at definitely, I'm definitely getting out of this group too. Yeah, I think I think there's, I mean, there's reason to believe that they that they could, and I think a lot of people uh, should be excited about them just because of the way they play and them being a smaller nation. I think it's always fun to see those types of teams play. But then they fell as low as 26 FIFA rankings, as I said. And uh, I'll give my prediction at the end of talking about these teams, but there's reasons for people to be excited. Uh, next, we have Serbia. Um, you know, they have reason to be excited for the competition. They breezed through the qualifying group, and they scored the most goals of any nation in their table. Uh, and it was 
then they qualified for their first major tournament in over eight years. Yeah, 2010 was the last time we saw them. 2010, because I remember, well, uh, the United States had them in, uh, no, I'm sorry, that was Slovenia, I'm sorry, wrong country, never mind. Keep talking, go ahead. <laughs> no, but it's interesting, though, when we talk about uh, Spain's firing their manager just a day before the World Cup. Actually, in October, the, and then I'm, I'm going to butcher this name, Slav, Slavov Jubin Muslin, who was the manager of the Eagles, was socked, sacked last October after qualifying for the World Cup, the Serbian's team, Serbian team's first major tournament in eight years. Uh, they sacked him. The decision left many puzzled, uh, and there are reported differences between Muslin and the Federation that led to his firing, uh, namely how the squad would look for the 2018 World Cup, which I think is an interesting rift because he's the one that qualified for it, and I don't know why there would be uh, why would just kind of kind of himself in that federation. Bring him that far, and then just kind of like get dropped for it. One of the biggest disrespects you can probably get from that. Yeah, so I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they do. Uh, manager, I, I'm going to butcher this one as well. Um, Ladin Kristasic, uh, how he he's placed in temporary charge. They don't have the permanent replacement yet, so he's going to be in charge during the World Cup. But you know. A, but bulk of their attacking burden is going to fall on the shoulders of, I think this is interesting, Newcastle's front man, Alexander Mitrovic. He actually Mitrovic came. He went on loan, didn't he? And he actually did re- yeah. really well. He actually helped uh, get, um, I, forgot, I forgot what team it was. Fulham, actually. it was Fulham. It was, was Fulham, Fulham, right? Fulham, yeah. I think. And yeah, and he did really well. And he was, I think he was Fulham's top, uh, top scorer. So, uh, you know, a bulk of that burden falls on him. He was also the top goal scorer. For Serbia and qualifying, so he definitely has he definitely has a, lot, has a point to prove. How do you feel about uh, the veteran Branislav Ivanovic playing? Yeah, Ivanovic. I mean, it's, it's I think he did he leave Chelsea last year. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, look, he's the, he's probably the best defender, which says something about their defense because Ivanovic. I think he's uh, thirty six years old now. Um, he, yeah, he's kind of just kind of sure right. Yeah, he's 34, 34 years, 34 old. years old. Yeah, 34 years old. So um, it'll be exciting just to see him back on that stage. And he's a Serbian legend. I mean, people love him. So, uh, Serbian, but I, I Chelsea legend. He, I don't think he tips the scales for them in any way. Um, but who do you think kind of is your star player? Because I know you do have Sergei Milinkovic. Uh, Kolarov's on there. Tadic from uh, Southampton, I believe. But... I, yeah, I, imagine. I, I mean, I, I think uh, you have you have Matic, you have Kolarov, you have Tadic. I think Matic is a big part of that uh, of that team. But I think the most exciting player for me to watch is uh, the Lazio uh, midfielder, 22 years old, I think now, uh, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic from uh, Lazio. He has been linked. He was the player that was linked to City, to United, to Chelsea. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tim, All yeah. these big big clubs um it'll be fun to see him play 23 years old yeah so definitely some a definitely a, per, a player you want to look out for even add to your fantasy uh your fantasy your FIFA fantasy team so definitely yeah I mean he's, he plays a big part and I think this could kind of be the you know a lot of players come out of the world stage uh, around this age and they get in their first world cup and they perform really well and I think this could be the the tournament that moves him more towards a big money move to uh, a team, a club bigger than Lazio. Interesting. So, kind of, so kind of, uh, one of our last teams in the group is the switch is Switzerland. Um, what yeah, do you think of their prospects? They, um, you know, really excited about them as well. I, I have them, and since we're on the last team, I'll go ahead and give my prediction. I think that they'll come in second. I think Brazil. Well, uh, first look, Switzerland. You think they'll come? Had, they'll come in before uh, Serbia. Interesting. Yeah, I like the Switzerland roster. They had a rough qualifying campaign. Um, I mean, actually, it's one of their most successful qualifying runs ever. But they did have to uh, qualify through a playoff, which was, uh, you know, not the way that you want to qualify. But, you know, the roster, they have Shakiri, they have Shaka. players, they have Shaka, they have all these players. And uh, I like the, grand, the brand of football that they play now as opposed to 
um, to what they used to do. The new manager, Vladimir Petkovic, has implemented a more attacking and possession-oriented style of football, which is a clear move away from Switzerland's historically uh, disciplined and defensive style, which makes sense because they have these attacking players with uh, flair, such as uh, Shakiri and other players uh, up top, even Greta Xhaka, Brion Bolo, have Ricardo Rodriguez on the left moving forward. So, um, yeah, I mean, they look good. They've reached uh, three quarterfinals in the, in history. And Petkovic, their manager, has openly stated that the quarterfinals are the goals for is the goal for the nation this summer. Uh, so I think uh, that might be a bit unrealistic for this team, but I think they definitely uh, will will be favorites to progress behind Brazil. All right. Interesting, interesting. Thank and thank, thank you very much for that. So, give me your predictions. Who do you think is going to come first, second, third, and fourth in our group? Yeah. So, so first uh, for group group uh, E, Brazil, Switzerland advance. I think third is Serbia, and I think Costa Rica, unfortunately, comes in fourth. Uh, we can go ahead. I'm going to go ahead through all the groups um, and give you the rest. Yeah, uh, go for it. Tell me what you think. A quick quick rundown of who I think will progress from from all the groups if I can pull them up here um I think I so group A um do we have an update on Mo Salah so I think Mo Salah he he will be playing but he might be missing the first game is what it was said okay okay so I think group A is interesting it's actually an interesting group Russia Saudi Arabia Egypt and Uruguay yeah. Um, the popular one was that we said Uruguay and probably Egypt going first and second. Yeah, I can see that. I just I don't know that Russian the Russian team has a, uh, some names on it that are that are pretty good. So, um, but yeah, I, can, I could go with that. Uruguay you're, you're first, maybe Egypt second, and it, it'll be a lot of fun to see uh, Egypt on that stage for the first time in so long. Just the way they reacted from qualifying to see them be on that stage is going to be a lot of fun. So we move on to Group B: Portugal, Spain, Morocco, and Iran. I think Spain comes in first, and Portugal Portugal comes in second, and Morocco and Iran fail to advance. Group C: France, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. I think we have France first, Peru second, Australia, and Denmark drop out. But as we were talking about earlier, Denmark does have a strong roster. Right. Very. Right. Uh, Group D, we've already talked about Argentina and Croatia progressing. Group D, we just talked about, we have two more. Group, oh, three more. Group F, Germany, Mexico, Sweden, and Korea. I actually have a question about this group. As a, Go for it. And living, living in America and as a uh, USA fan, you know, it's kind of hard for me to root for Mexico, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I've actually, Should I've Amer- heard this debate Should before. Americans, rooting for Mexico as the North American team. You know what? Um, I kind of could see the difficulty because it's like uh, would Argentinians root for Brazilians or you know, Brazilians root for Argentinians? Mm-hmm. But you know what? I don't think like we our biggest rival is Mexico but for some reason I feel like it's okay for us to root for them. Like maybe it's because our rivalry isn't as strong as maybe like Argentina-Brazil or uh, or maybe maybe one like a France versus Italy, just because yeah. I think in in that regards, and also like we do have a large a lot of um, Mexican players who do play for MLS teams and for teams we support. So maybe like Chicharito is actually one of my favorite players of all time. So yeah. I think I'm kind of rooting for him to do well. I really want him to do well. I I I've been rooting for him since he played for Man United, and I still support him ever since then. I think. One way to maybe get around that and not like kind of cross that border maybe would be to support the players, I guess, more so. Like maybe the DeSantos brothers, you maybe want them to do what Carlos Vela. Yeah. So I don't know. That's that's how I kind of view it. So I, you know, I kind of, I don't know, like I'll be sporting Chicharito. I want him to score. That's all. <laughs> that's all I'll be happy. But if they don't make it, it's like, eh, well. That's it's fine. I'm not gonna. It's, I'm, yeah, I'm not I gonna think, cry I think about the it. biggest difference between you know. Um, Brazil, the Brazil and Argentina situation, as opposed to a Mexican and a uh, American situation, is the Mexican and American cultures are so intertwined. Mm-hmm. I mean, we live 
uh, we're on the border with them. That are, that are very similar and very uh, influenced by each other. So, And I also think a big difference when, when uh, Argentinian roots for Brazil, you know, there's a realistic chance that Brazil will win the entire thing. But I think when it comes to Mexico and America, yeah, not, it's a different we, Both of us have never really had a, a ton of success, so we're really just looking for any type of success to validate North America and really CONCACAF uh, on that world stage. So I think that's why it's okay to support Mexico. Right, right. And yeah, def- you, you guys heard it here first. You club footy chat. We approve yeah, you support. Okay. If you're an American it's fan, it's okay to support Mexico. It's fine. No one's gonna hit, no one's gonna come for your head. Am I right? Huh? No, we're not but responsible. Don't, don't, we're not responsible for anything. But yeah. But tell me, dude, um, who do you think top two teams is going to advance? Yeah, top two teams. I think it's going to be Germany and Mexico. Sweden, um, you know, they, they have. I, just they <laughs> have I, I was hoping for you. I was hoping for you to say they have Zlatan. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I don't think they have the prestige to get past uh, Germany or Mexico, and I think South Korea uh, outside of. Uh, I... I kind of like South Korea, to be honest. I, I, I kind of do feel they can always pull something out of their hat. Especially yeah, with, I, with uh, Hung Min San. Yeah, from, the, he, Spurs, great season I mean, was Tottenham. Incredible. And, and they have uh, Ki Sung Yung from uh, Swansea. So they have two, you know, Premier Leagues. Two big players. Premier League so. And, and Sun, Sun from, uh, from Tottenham is, you know, really getting up to a a level where he's a world-class type of player. So, But, I mean, they would need incredible showings from just him in general to, or in particular to, to elevate them if, past. If, as Mexico long as they can Spain. avoid losing against, against the Germans, I definitely could see them um, getting through the groups. That's, that's pretty much like how it kind of works. And you think it's like you draw against Germany and then Mexico, Sweden – we can pull yeah, win. Think, one win is all I you pretty much need, and, and don't it's lose. It's going to be whatever team gets a result from Germany. You know, even just grabbing a point from Germany, who can scrape through a ninety-minute draw, nail, nail, one-one. Who can do that is probably going to be the one to advance. And in my opinion, the best position to do that is the Mexican team. So that's why I put them second. Exactly. Moving on to Group G, I love this group. My favorite team, England. That I'll be rooting for. <laughs> uh, go for it. What do you, who do you think? Yeah, um, I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say England comes in first. Yes, yes. I'll say England comes yes. in first and Belgium finishes second. Um, I, I have I no interest in, interest in supporting Panama because of what they did to the U.S. Is um, that really their fault, though? I feel like it's like we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. It's not their fault. It's America's fault. I mean, and we could have a whole different podcast on the incompetence of the American <laughs> uh, football setup, but... um. No, it's not their fault. But I'll, I'll be bold. I'll say England first. I like the England team. Um, yeah, good squad. Sterling, a lot of a lot of our own players yeah, are much on it. Sterling, Sterling's been. We'll be talking about uh, the whole like England more England in the next group chat, but in the next podcast. But um, I yeah, I, I know where you're going with that with about Sterling. Yeah, they look good. But um, also, I'm a big Kevin De Bruyne De Bruyne fan, and they have uh, has Hazard and Belgium. So obviously, the Belgium squad is incredible. But I'll be bold: England first, Belgium second. Right. The final group, Group H, which is probably um, the most underwhelming group. I mean, there's no. Do you, do you think more than Group A? I think Group Columbia, A. Poland. Group A is kind of the group, a lot of, like probably the easiest group, but Group H. They're all very equal. Whereas, like in the other group, I don't think they're equal. Like Group A is not that equal at all. Like in terms of quality level, because I know yeah. Japan, Japan's got a strong roster with uh, with players like Kagawa and Honda and Nakatomo, like um, Poland. I don't love and probably the best striker in the world right now. I would, yeah, um, I'll love to argue with argue with that about you. <laughs> Senegal, Sadio Mane, Colombia, Falcao, uh, Rodriguez. Like you have the, you have a strong team there, and Cuadrado and Ospina. So. Strong, strong yeah. teams all around. I think yeah. good, good group. Yeah, who do you think progresses? Because I'd, I'd actually like to hear your input. So, um, I'm very worried. I feel like Japan, now will come first. We'll, I think, I have a feeling Senegal in Japan. I'm going to be rooting for Senegal in that Really? Group. Senegal and Japan? Yeah, I know. It's a very big, I'm, that means Colombia is not going to make it. Poland, Poland I, don't, I definitely feel like Goals won't be their thing, but I do feel like they they'll just concede. 
Some I I, yeah. I just have a feeling they they're not they won't have enough. And they they you definitely have, could prove you don't have any faith in Colombia. You know what? I'm just making like a bold prediction. I definitely feel like all those teams can all make it out. Something crazier, all even maybe Japan's probably the weakest, or Senegal and Japan Japan are the weakest. But I feel like yeah, because because they're all on on that same level, that maybe something crazy. That we yeah, I mean, if happen. you were to, if you were to take a group to where you know what you would say the two worst teams on the paper in the group would could could advance. I think this would be the one. I mean. Yeah, Japan, and I, I agree. Japan and Senegal could advance. I definitely, and I definitely see if Senegal was in another group, they'd have a better chance. I feel of coming second. But yeah, Senegal has. I mean, I love watching Sadio Mane play, um, and they they have uh, Kulabai, uh, Kuyate, and Gu- Gu- yeah, and Bombiri. I mean, they they have a really good um, roster. I mean, just the names. Uh, you have a Nani. definitely strong like European, uh, a lot of European play, a lot of European based players uh, are on this team. Yeah, team, I mean players that play in big divisions, uh, the top divisions in England, uh, France, Italy. So yeah, I'm I'm still trying to decide who. Uh, who yeah, I want to see. I, I, I feel you there, but I want to look at Poland roster. I want to look at the Polish roster real quick. Um, uh, yeah, I yeah exactly, but uh, really quickly, kind of just just pull two name pull name two uh, two teams out. Two teams out. Um, all right, I'll make I'll make I'll make my my prediction. Uh, I think Senegal and Poland. I think Poland comes in first. I think Senegal comes in second. Bold choice, bold choice. Leaving out Colombia. But no, Stephen. Thank you Columbia so much. Japan. Yeah, Stephen. Thank you so much, though, for. Uh, no, thank you, man. For uh, for coming on, talking about talking about everything, giving us preview. Preview. We'll be having more uh, episodes throughout the whole week um, of this first uh, World Cup in Russia, starting tomorrow. Um, <laughs> we'll be bringing as much content as we can available on SoundCast. So keep out, keep keep an eye out for next uh, episodes to come. Uh, yeah, all the best, guys. Uh, enjoy it. All right. I go in and have fun. Yeah, keep it locked on Club Footy. We'll have a bunch of content. What's up? What's up? He knows it. All right. See you guys later. See ya.